today. Let's just say I know a guy who knows a guy. Making his Stern Show debut. Don't drink and drive, but if you do, call me. Former SNL writer. Bob Odenkirk is an action star. Yeah, he's better than Keanu Reeves. And the guy trained really, really hard. He's really yeah. pulling it off. Star of Breaking Bad. Bob Odenkirk, he's this incredibly versatile, powerful actor. And better call Saul. I once convinced a woman that I was Kevin Costner, and it worked because I believed it. Bob Odenkirk. Better call Saul. <laughs> I get it all the time. You know, with this whole pandemic, good morning, everybody. With this whole pandemic, um, a lot of... A lot, of, hey a lot of broadcasts are getting fucked up with technical difficulties. Uh, so I like... <laughs> was that a Whoa. technical difficulty? <laughs> well, you know, I've been having medical difficulties, and that obviously is the result. <laughs> For you to sit there and giggle at my <laughs> medical problems when I never laugh at yours. I know, it, that's so cruel. It's offensive. It's offensive. Sorry. That's all I'm saying. Let's forget about it. Will you accept my sincere apology? Well, you know, like Sharon Osbourne, I think you have to be thrown off the show because of your <laughs> my inappropriate. Well, you're inappropriate, is what you are. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, well, Imagine. I have no defense. Yeah. Imagine every time someone got angry on this show, we had to fire them. We would have no oh, one left on the show, including me. There'd be me. no one here. You'd be by yourself. <laughs> yeah, we'd have to. But I'd be gone. <laughs> You'd leave. Too. I'd have to leave. That's some show, The Talk. We're going to invent a show where people talk, but we're going to fire them if they talk too much. Or talk in a way that is inappropriate. <laughs> and we don't know that, what that is until we see it. So right. we can't warn them. <laughs> It's like being in a war and knowing you're going to step on a landmine at some point. You just don't yeah. know when. Yeah. That's uh, comfortable. Oh, well. Uh, what I was saying is a lot. This is just this is just nonsense, but it is funny. Let me see if I can find it here. Technical difficulties. I got a list of them. We, you know, I compile these. So, uh, you know, people are working from home, blah, 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 blah. You know who's having the hardest time are the news programs. Well, you know, it was interesting. While we were on vacation, one of these guys who's, uh, I think, CNN or MSNBC, you know, you think a lot of him. He says, you know, interesting things and he seems to know what he's talking about. But one day he was caught on camera wearing a suit jacket, a shirt and a tie and no pants. Yeah, who is that? I forget his name, oh. uh, but I was like, who's walking around with that getup on and no pants? Like, he knows he he's going to be filmed. He's going to be on the air. But he decided, I'm going to just dress the top of me. I think, you know, uh, at first when the pandemic happened, I think everyone got excited that they could work from home. And then it, it meant like freedom, like, you know what? Hey, I don't even have to get dressed for work. I can just wear, you know, what they're going to see on top and I don't have to wear my pants. Like putting on the pants is such an effort. <laughs> like, like yeah, even, it's, it, it feels so good to sit in this chair with no pants. Like even me today, um, I was getting dressed for work and I have jeans that I wear when I'm at work. Like they're really nicely fitted jeans. Yes. And when I'm not on the air, I wear my really big, baggy, comfortable jeans that Beth hates because I just am most comfortable in them. And she's even like, why don't you wear your nice jeans? And I, and I go, no, nah, come on. I'm not working right now. These are my work jeans. And <clears throat> so 
you know, I think at the beginning of the pandemic, even like today, I was going to uh, come down in my bad jeans uh, and just wear something nice on top. Right. But you you'd know. still have pants. This guy's <clears throat> walking around with no pants. Yeah, I know. And then, and then, like, it never occurred to me that maybe I should just come down here with my top on. <laughs> because I know I stand up during the show. And, yeah. you know, I, I, you guys see, you would see my penis and ass. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine him? <laughs> You know, you would think whenever there's a camera involved and you're on TV, you wouldn't take that chance of not wearing pants. I mean, well, one it makes day, you, you know, like I used to think of him as really intelligent. Mm -hmm. And then you see that yeah. gaff and you're like, maybe I shouldn't be getting my news from him. Well, hey, people Boulder. don't know this, but uh, Fred is wearing assless chaps on every show. <laughs> anyway, so last November, speaking of MSNBC, the anchor guy, Craig Melvin threw it to the reporter named Ken Delanian. I think that's how you say his name. Ken Delanian. But Delanian had lost his connection with the control room, didn't know he was still on the air, and here's what happened. This is good. All right. Breaking just moments ago, NBC's Ken Delanian has some new reporting on something that we talked about at the top of the hour, how the Trump administration is handling the transition with the incoming Biden team. Uh, Ken, what have you learned, sir? Oh, shit. Fuck. Okay. Uh, I think we lost Ken for a second. We'll try to get him back there. Uh, meanwhile, there's some new fallout over the election. Ken sounds like my inner voice. <laughs> shit, fuck. Yeah, I wonder shit. what was happening with old Ken there. <laughs> I like that the anchor guy, like, instead of saying, whoa, he obviously doesn't know he's on mic. He goes, I think we lost him there. No, you didn't lose him. He's we can clear. hear we him can very hear him. clearly. Yeah. <laughs> we heard. He said shit and fuck. <laughs> we think Ken has uh, lost his mind <laughs> and is ending his career by saying shit and fuck. <laughs> this has turned into a big story. We'll have more on it when we find out what's happening. Anyway, uh, I don't know what the outcome was. What was the aftermath? Oh, okay. Later that day, Ken posted on Twitter that he had mistakenly hung up on the control room, not knowing his mic was still on. What does that even mean? Mistakenly hung up on the control room, not knowing his mic was still on. The fuck is he talking about? That's not a good explanation. You can't hang up on anybody. <laughs> Maybe he was on the phone with them what are you on another line. I don't know. That was lame. On a recent episode of The Five on Fox News, Greg Gutfeld didn't realize the show was back from a break. He couldn't hear his co-host for some reason and started singing about how he had to use the bathroom. Here you go. Time now for one more thing. I gotta pee, I gotta pee. You're on the air. <laughs> Greg. Greg. <laughs> Jesse, why don't you say you kick us off? That was so funny. All right. Um, I'll take Greg's slot until he has to come back from the bathroom. <laughs> Would have been great if he didn't know the mic was on instead of singing. Like he said something like really non Fox News, like, you know, immigrants are really good people. I just, it just. Listen, when I'm on mic, it I can't say to have to say bad things about them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I really, you know, I have to pee, but 
trans people should really be allowed to use the bathroom, too. I wouldn't you know? mind you sharing my bathroom with a trans person. <laughs> right. That would have been embarrassing on Fox News. Saying singing you have to pee isn't so embarrassing. No. No. Well, let's see what else I got. George Takei, our buddy uh, George Takei of Star Trek fame. He made a mistake? No, he just, you know, he went on CNN. And you know how George, you know, obviously George is upset about all of the anti-Asian violence. Yes, of course. He's been through the worst of it. He, you know, he was in a Japanese-American internment camp. And now he sees what's going on. So he he got he well, got he's booked a on spokesperson. He must speak yeah. up. Yes, he got booked on CNN to talk about a serious topic: the rise of violence against Asian Americans. But every time he started getting into it, something kept buzzing during the interview. <laughs> <laughs> I felt bad for him because you know this is George lives for this shit. You know he wants to be a serious spokesperson, serious. which he is. Yeah, taken yeah. seriously. Yes, you know he's like. The anti-Asian... <laughs> At one point, he's like, Brad, Brad, come fix this. You know, he's on CNN. Here, I'll play it for you. After the bombing of Pearl Harbor, this xenophobic hysteria swept across the country, and that hysteria reached even the presidency of the United States. And... Um, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but this is there we go. Uh, nice, sorry about nice that. Nice save. No, that's we're all used to these technical issues in the era of COVID. And then we were shipped out to the swamps of Arkansas. You know what I think? I think we're so <laughs> boring that uh, I think CNN they started, started playing sound effects. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we were there for uh, about a year and a half, and then transferred to another camp in uh, Northern California. Here it is again. Something's wrong with this. And what you went through as a four-year-old little boy, I'm just picturing you in a stall, a horse stall with your family for three to four months. And then to think what is happening right now. Sorry and No, that's fine. These things happen. But in this time where Asian Americans are being targeted, what is it like for you personally? I mean, obviously you're famous, you're well-known. Sorry, you're... Brad, something's wrong here. <laughs> Brad, Brad. Well, perhaps Brad. we can go back to you, George, and once you sort out the uh, the technical issue there, I think all of us who've had to work that. from home during this time can really. Okay, so you're back. I bet you they probably never went back to him. They were like, you know, fuck this. Poor George. Poor Brad. Right away, it's like <laughs> Brad. You know what's Brad. Then, you know, Brad was so nervous, he walked into the frame naked with a wrestling helmet on from, <laughs> from Sunday's activities. <laughs> Where's Brad? Uh, I apologize. I'll give Brad a good spanking for this later. <laughs> I see he has his wrestling helmet on. But, you know, George, was that's a big moment for George. He wants Absolutely. to talk about And he's in the middle of the worst part of the story. Yeah. And then goes like, Brrr. We were, uh, we, excuse me, this, and you know what George does? He makes the classic blunder. Just ignore the buzzing and keep right. going on with your story. Cause, but he starts apologizing. Yes, uh, my, my family lived in a horse. Uh, I, oh, my, I'm so sorry. I apologize. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Uh, Anyway, yes, we, 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 my family was placed in a horse stall. For, um, oh, I'm so sorry. Brad, Brad, fix this, then blow me. I, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> yeah. 
I think the problem is um, we we must have kicked something loose while we were wrestling on Sunday. Um, you were, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but you say you were wrestling on Sunday. Yes, yes, You've my husband. You're picking up wrestling. Yes, yes. I, I, my husband and I wrestle on a regular basis uh, every Sunday. I didn't know that. I mean, it's fascinating what you're saying about growing up in a Japanese American internment camp. But can you tell us more about this wrestling? Yes. Well, it starts out very, very physical, very. Very much using first our muscles. You know, first we shower. <laughs> I come out in a kimono, uh, and and we love our own musculature. Now, Brad was um, speaking of horses and horse stalls. Brad no. was like a young horse racer when I met him. He was like he had the musculature of a horse. No, he, uh, was, but, a, he was like a race horse, not a. He horse. was like a race horse. <laughs> Lots of oil. <laughs> uh, <laughs> poor George. And then you know how when you use Zoom, you always have to tell someone you're muted. They don't, they fuck people are so stupid. Like, and dude, you're muted. We can't hear you. Yeah, so here's that's a mon- even become a commercial. Yeah, here's a montage of news broadcasts grinding to a halt because someone was on mute. Here you go. And CEO Mike Taylor is with us to talk more about how they can help eliminate airborne and surface pathogens, including COVID-19. Hello there, Mike. Can you, we have you muted right now, Mike. Can you unmute your, uh, so we can hear you? Technical difficulties sometimes. All right, we're going to try and fix that sound problem with Mike, and we will be right back after this break. Next question comes from David Whitley. David, your line is now open. Bye. David, I think you're on mute. I'm sorry. That's all right. Is there any of this that you see as anything other than trying to prevent people from voting? I think you're on mute. I think you're on mute there, Maria. Of course I am. There we go. Go ahead. So joining us now to talk more about it is Michelle Streeter. She's the vice president of VisitMesa.com. Michelle, thanks for being with us. You dummies. (laughs) <laughs> I think maybe we lost mm. we lost your audio for a second. Uh, uh, we want to uh, unmute it real quick. We can Can you hear me? Mm. All right, we're going to move on. Maybe we can get Michelle back uh coming up here in uh, just a bit. You're like, "Oh uh, my god." Don't call them dummies. A lot of these people have not been Who cares? You know, they're not regularly on Zoom you know on, on a Practice. network or something. Practice. 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 They get yeah. a call and they say, we need an expert for this. And you say, okay, mm. that's the practice. Everyone is suddenly their, their grandmother. I don't know how to work this. <laughs> <laughs> Where, where's the mute button? I didn't push I, anything. I, <laughs> I take a, um, I take a, a Zoom class every once in a while for different things, mostly to do with art. Like it's a group of people and there's always a couple of people who have no fucking clue how to work Zoom. They hold up the whole class. How do you do this again? I don't have that on mine. <laughs> no, you have it. Is, could you like maybe log on 15 minutes earlier and work this out before Test we all out, get on? Yes. Yeah. Come on. Nobody has time for this shit. Watch you learn Zoom. I'm not going to say anything because I've had a couple of meetings where they use another platform. 
Oh yeah, I've and then I don't too. know how that works. I can't get yeah. on. Yeah, I, I've 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 been a disaster <laughs> at that too. I'm just a big shot on here. <laughs> Here's another one. Um, oh, this is unbelievable. This news. Now, come on. This you will agree with me. This weather, this weather person. She's in Kansas City. Uh-huh. Meteorologist Alina Lee. She cannot be a bright woman. <laughs> what did she do? I mean, so she has a feature because it's like, what is it? Kansas City. You can imagine what the fuck that is. And she's doing a local broadcast, and she's the meteorologist. So she came up with a cute thing. She or her producers did. It's like on Saturday nights they have Catterday night, Catterday oh, night oh. forecast, yeah. Catterday night forecast, which is she features people who send in pictures of their cats okay. during the forecast. Okay, so somebody sends in a picture of a cat named Kittler. Already you're laughing because you can see where this is going. Yes. And the cat, I don't know, somebody doctored the picture. The cat has a Hitler mustache. <laughs> All right. So if you're working at a TV station and you see somebody sends you a picture of Hitler and he's got a Hitler mustache, you right away go, I can't put this on TV. This is offensive. That's right. That's not cute. It's obviously, and, and, and you know, it, I think it had like one paw up in the air. You know, right. like, you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> Doing it all. Right away you go, either this cat really hates Jews or <laughs> it's a goof. But like somehow, okay, even if it gets past your producer, who's a moron, you know, she had to have at least seen it in rehearsal or whatever it is they do. And th- this got through all of that. Got through all. And she's on the, and while she's on the air, she even, she even says, Hey, you know, this cat is so cute. It has like a little Charlie Chaplin mustache. So if she knows Charlie Chaplin, she must know who Hitler is, right? And I'm well, watching this thing. Well, if the cat's thing. name is Kittler or Kittler. whatever. Kittler. 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 I mean, Adolf how, Hitler. How, much do you, how many hints do you have to have? <laughs> Especially his buddy was Meow Cellini. <laughs> so listen to this. This is the greatest fuck up ever kansas city meteorologist talking about kittler like when you factor in the wind it feels between 10 and 15 degrees below zero right now so certainly this is kind of weather for the cats so we've got our Saturday night forecast for you now where we are featuring kittler here thanks to debbie alexander and i think kittler kind of looks like charlie chaplin here so i don't know maybe we're going to call him charlie jr but anyhow the weather's going to be great for anything inside like cats meanwhile i guess the phone's lit up immediately right like hey that's not charlie chaplin it's kittler (laughs) (laughs) by the way you know what was good about this story what about five minutes later, the cat got adopted by Mel Gibson. <laughs> Least he found a home. Hi, everybody. It's Catterday night, and our cat tonight is Kittler. <laughs> He's so cute. He looks like Charlie Chaplin. Whoa. And um, you could see him there. He, his owner says he killed six million mice. How <laughs> lovely is that? He's very, very proficient at killing mice. Hmm. <laughs> Anyway, she got on the next day and she apologized. Oh, I want to hear the apology. Yeah, let's. I would have just blamed the producers and fuck it, throw them ah. under the bus. I don't want to. You know, she's probably like, Jesus Christ, I'm, 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 
I'm the fucking meteorologist in Kansas City. I can't get and any I'm, lower that's than all this. I'm ever going to be now that I've uh, fallen into the Kittler trap. She probably had dreams of like one day becoming an anchor woman or, or oh, she dare I say, on a the rep- Today Show or what are the national right. networks? Yes. Or, or be a reporter. And they're like, honey, if you can't figure out Kittler, I don't think we can make you a reporter. <laughs> But at least late in the week, next weekend is going to be much warmer. Temperatures will be near north. She said she already sounds bummed out. I know it's the sad news. I mean, well, you, well, you got it. You can't go like, <laughs> hi, everybody. And I can go, oh, and by the way, I apologize for Hitler <laughs> that I didn't catch the Nazi imagery. Too hard a transition. Right. You, you know, Saturday night forecast was just some nice little dopey promotion I was doing to try to get the ratings so we could beat the other station. You know, and, and quite uh, it frankly, it reminds me of when when Casey uh, Kasem had that meltdown because he had to go from something happy into a death dedication. Yeah, well, she <laughs> well she went from she just made everything unhappy. Listen to the voice. <laughs> she went from her usual happy delivery to like, oh, I got some apologizing to do. But at least late in the week, next weekend is going to be much warmer. Temperatures will be near normal. And before that, I do want to mention something about last night. I made a mistake during our Catterday segment. I used a submitted photo of a cat with an inappropriate name, and I never intended to hurt or offend anyone by using that picture, which was given to me. I understand my mistake, and I am deeply sorry. And in the future, I will be much more diligent with this content to ensure that it doesn't happen again. Wow. Uh, that sounded a little uh, red right off the teleprompter. No offense. I think we could have done better. I wonder when she found out. See, I want to know the backstory. Like, what happened? <laughs> there could be a movie in this. <laughs> That's right. So anyway, uh, it's a happy Saturday night. And thanks again to Debbie Alexander for Bye, sending in Hitler. her. <laughs> yeah, thanks for sending in your picture of Hitler. <laughs> she should have gone on. A, I was just following orders. <laughs> I had no idea Hitler was Hitler. We should send in a picture to her for Saturday night. Um, Harvey, Harvey Meowstein. Get a big fat cat. Uh, Bill Clausby. <laughs> we could send one in every. Let's do it. Come on. Oh, poor. What's her name? Because <laughs> she won't catch on. Meow Salini, we'll send him in, and he can have a little, uh, like, like Meow Kampf <laughs> underneath his. How about Kitty Sandusky? Ooh. Yeah. Kitty Jong-un. <laughs> we could fool him. Oh, my God. The apology, very lame. Yeah, I would love to know the whole backstory, too. I would watch a movie of that, a movie of the week. Like, yeah, uh, she was very happy, you know, all through her weather forecast, including uh, introducing everybody to Hitler. And then <laughs> she walked off the air. I wonder what was going on out there. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then after the you idiot. I didn't know the producer gave it to me. Yeah, but can't you fucking think for yourself? I don't know. I, you know, I thought he so looked the like the producer's Charlie. an idiot and you're an idiot. How many idiots in this chain? <laughs> From what I could tell, I saw the video, but it was a, it was like kind of off someone's TV set, but she looked kind of hot. So she's probably not used to this kind of problem. Like, you know, probably who would send her well. a bad picture. Yeah. Nobody's right. making fun of her. 
things have probably gone pretty well in her life. And <laughs> all of a sudden, now she's got Kittler. <laughs> now she's got to look at her cat photos really closely. Huh. I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't know Kittler was Hitler. <laughs> Just didn't care. I didn't get it. Anyway, so th- there's those technical difficulties and things that have gone wrong during the pandemic on television. How exciting yeah. to open the yeah. show with that. I thought you'd enjoy that. Uh, later in the show, I'll talk to Bob Odenkirk. has a new bu- new movie out called Nobody. 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 And uh, we'll we'll be talking to him. I want to thank Black and American Whiskey, a collaboration from legendary distiller Dave Pickerel and Metallica Black and. This is Whiskey Remastered. By the way, on yesterday's show, we had a guy call in named Blaine, who is a tough guy, you know, legitimate tough guy, and he created quite a stir with our audience. And people have been writing me. They say, oh, he's not a real tough guy. He's lying. I didn't get that impression at all. I'm not going to argue with him. I'm sorry. No. I mean, he sounded like the real deal to me. Joe, why would you say that the guy is full of shit? Yeah, totally, Howard. Hey, now. How's it going, man? Hey, now. Yeah, I've worked security for 15 years. Hey, and now. Ronnie hit on a good point. Hey, now. Hit on a good point hey, that... We don't like to talk about that kind of stuff, man. Everybody comes up and asks me, like, what's the craziest thing I've done, craziest thing I've seen? And never once is it about fighting people. This guy just wanted to call in and talk to you about how he takes advantage of chicks. Wait a minute. Uh, What kind of security do you do? I did a nightclub security in Vegas, Southern California, like Hollywood types. There's been plenty of times you guys brought up people on the show that have wanted to call in and tell a story about but. You know, like Ronnie knows what it is, and we don't talk about that kind of stuff. Okay, it's part of the whole security. Gig. So Joe's Joe's point thing. of view is: if you're a real tough guy, you don't talk about how tough you are. But that's Joe's code. I don't know that right. Blaine has the same code, and I don't know that Blaine called in to tell me how tough he was. He was telling me how much pussy he had eaten, and then all of a sudden, I I, I got into his backstory, and then he was kind of like being open with me that uh, you know he he guarded these girls. And I thought he actually was pretty guarded about what he, he had to do. He actually did if I, say If I had didn't... a guy guarding it. Sorry, Robin. Go ahead, Joe. What do you want to say? Yeah. I'm just saying, like, uh, you know, we work with a lot of girls in the nightclub industry, and I know it's not the same as the industry that he was working in. But, man, if I had any of my guys that are out there trying to, like, eat girls' pussies and hook up with them before anybody else, like, I'd be out of the business hmm. case. That Man, that guy's not there for protection. He's out there. This guy's calling in to show off. And secondly... I've never met that many tough people from Canada. <laughs> <laughs> that is questionable, so, huh? <laughs> when you say you're a tough guy, like, you know how to handle yourself. You know, you know Muay Thai? Muay Thai, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, BJJ, whatever you want to do. Like, I've, I've learned it all. It's, it's what it is, man. It's not about, like, going out there and bragging about it. It's when the time comes, you got to handle yourself, and that's what all it is. And, like... You know, I've had people all the time, oh, it's the craziest thing you've done. And, who, you know, it's, it's not about let me, that. It's let me just, ask you a few questions, and... Joe. Let me ask you, because I'm envious okay. of you. You know, I, I really yeah. feel my life would have been a lot better off if I could have handled myself. And, um, you know, w- like, what age do you start learning all that karate stuff? Uh, I had older brothers. So for me, I was getting, uh, you know, beat up and stuff like that growing up so i had to learn how to defend myself quite young and 
just being a bigger guy and playing sports is just kind of naturally kind of kind of came to me. It's just uh, I'll tell you something, Howard. Most of it's just talking. A lot of these people, you, you can talk your way out of the situation. You never have to use your strength. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm interested in. <laughs> right. hey, Joe, I, I got to go. Thank you. Bye, bye, bye. All right, Sorry, about- talk your way out. I want to hear the real story. Well, even Blaine said he didn't fight a lot. He didn't have to. You know, he wasn't constantly saying. He said he had to kick down a few doors, but he said he never even hurt anybody really bad. I feel. if I Yeah, exactly. If you know what you're doing, guys get the vibe right away and they back off. But I feel if I would have at a young age had a man in my life, like what Joe just described, if I would have had a brother or a father who knew something about, you know, fisticuffs or (laughs) wanted to share his life with me, that they would have said to me at some point, you got to learn how to handle yourself. You're a big pussy. You know, everyone's beating the shit out of you. And then I would have joined the class. Like I would have been one of these Muay Thai guys or some shit. And you I would have think? sucked at it. I would have sucked in the beginning, but then I would have taken lessons and I would have learned. You would have been daniel son. <laughs> yeah, like, Dan- first of all, that daniel son. <laughs> No offense to, uh, what's his name? Played Ralph Macchio. Ralph Macchio. He didn't look like he could beat up anyone. I'm convinced <laughs> this fucking guy. I mean, even when he was the karate kid, and Mr. Miyagi's dealing with him. Mr. Miyagi should have said, you have no natural talent. You even <laughs> walk funny. I think you need walking lessons. Forget about kicking ass lessons. I don't believe for a minute Daniel's son could beat up that guy who's, you know, who he, he ended up beating up in that, uh, karate tournament. Right. The blonde haired, good looking guy. There's no fucking way Danielson beat that guy up with his foot, like with that stupid <laughs> pelican move, whatever that was. <laughs> he slaps him in the face. The I never bought it. Or whatever it was. The called. crane. <laughs> he beat up Johnny. Johnny looks like if Johnny breathed on him, he would have knocked him out. Yeah. Johnny should have fucking Johnny should have jumped in the ocean after that tournament because there's no way he should have lost. Daniel's son beat up uh, Johnny Lawrence with the crane kick. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I think like I would have gotten into some weightlift and maybe learned how to handle myself a little bit. And my whole dream would be like some guys comes to beat, beat me up and I would have like, you know, you know, karate chopped the motherfucker and then like give him a chokehold. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, you know, choked him out. Really? You would have done would be, Oh, fuck. Yeah. If I had the ability. <laughs> I wish I could have done that, but who knows? Maybe my whole life would have been different because like maybe, maybe then tougher guys would have come along and said that, you know, Hey, that guy just beat me up. And then the tougher guys come and beat me up. You know, right? So who like knows? now you're a gunslinger and everybody wants yeah. to try you out. Yeah. You think Ralph Macchio knows any karate? Like, do you think he bothered to learn one fucking thing? Like, does he have any moves? He never took one lesson. I don't right. even think, you know, I think they immediately switched to a stuntman <laughs> whenever a, it was time to fight. What a charm career. He's, a, you know, he plays a guy in a movie who's good at karate, but it, he doesn't even bother to learn karate. He never he, built one muscle. Did you notice that the right. whole movie goes by? He's practicing and practicing. He's shining Nothing. all those cars. He's waxing yeah. the floor and never developed one muscle. No, he ended up looking like me. <laughs> I mean, his, if your whole career really 
is just this movie about where you knew karate. Go out and learn fucking karate. <laughs> Daniel's son. And then Daniel's son wins the All-Valley Tournament. Whatever the fuck that is. That thing should be closed down if he won. <laughs> he was the best in all of Southern California at karate. Beat up everybody. Took on every opponent. You know, and Ralph, Ralph Macchio is like, uh, you know, he's like me, skinny fat. He's thin, but he looks like he's dumpy. Right. I, I, like you know, there's not one, athletic. You know, like one iota of carved anything. You know, he doesn't have arms. He doesn't have legs. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't have anything. Doesn't have a six pack. But you're right. After waxing all those cars and painting fences <laughs> and floors, you, you'd think he'd have built up some muscle. Something. <laughs> Nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, they're, they're coming back with a new season of that. I'll watch it. I love that. I show. love it. I, no. can't, I can't stop watching it. Anyway, there's a whole bunch of people on our phone who think that Blaine yesterday is not a real tough guy. I, I disagree. I, I bought into him completely. Hey, Jimmy, what's up? Jimmy in Florida. Hey, uh, hey now, first of all, hey that, 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 that hey Blaine, now. what a douche. He's an actual douchebag. I mean, the guy's talking about, you know, first, he's the creepiest, most predator. He's like admitting to predatory behavior, going and picking up young girls at bus stops from uh, coming in, <laughs> coming into the big city from from little towns all across yeah. America. I mean, yeah. that's that's creepy enough. Then he's talking right. about being a tough guy, real tough guys, real tough guys. They're, remember the scene in Rocky where he tells his son, I think it was like Rocky six or something. He tells his son, it's not about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep and, and then get up and come forward. Real tough guys understand that there is always somebody that is just as tough as they are. And the whole thing about, you know, like you and Robin were talking yesterday about you hit a certain age, and it doesn't matter how much you worked out when you were young. You, you just it, you fall off a cliff, and I agree with Robin 100%. You try to get back to that, you know, oh, I'm going to work out after 50. I'm 56, and it's a fucking disaster. You, I mean, you go, you start working out. And and I'm like you, Howard. I, all of a sudden, my knee hurts, my back hurts, and I'm like, okay, let me change it up a little bit. I'll rest for a month, and next thing you know, maybe you lost a bunch of weight, and the next thing you know, you gained all your fucking weight back, and then you're trying again. You look in the mirror, and you're remembering, like I was in the military when I was young. I've done I, Muay Thai, I I I boxed, I, I boxed when I was in the army. I I you know, it's it's all that stuff, and it's not that you learn one specific skill set. It's that you learn all of it in case, you know, something comes up and then you right. can prepare. Like this fucking Danielson. Danielson, every guy, if you watch uh, MMA, UFC, or any of that shit, all yeah. these karate guys, like pure karate guys, they get the shit beat out of them. A guy right. gets on them and gets on their back and chokes the shit out of them and, you know, or kicks them in the, kicks their shins out. And next thing you know, the guys, that, that, that's the end of the fight. Pure karate yeah. is, it's, I, I call it dancing. Like learning a kata, to me, I was never good at that because it's like learning a memorized dance. I don't want to know about a memorized dance. I want to know that if you, you know, you grab me, can I headbutt you? Can I bite you? Can I, you know, what am I going to do to get out of this bullshit? So that, and and, you know, some guys like... I took karate with my daughters for a while. Like, you know, one of my daughters, a black belt, this, that, and the other thing. But like part of the training was I had to learn kata. 
And I thought, okay, right. the guy explains to me, like, if I learn the dance, then this is how you would actually function in a real fight. Just keep doing right. this over and Except over again. People don't go by that. Right. People yeah, are, no shit. People are, you know, I, they're... They're off the After wall. about six months of doing this fucking dancing, I go, what am I, in dance class? i got to learn how to beat someone up. What, am I going to start dancing well, if some guy costumes. starts to beat the shit out of me? I mean, I'm like, what am I? What am I on dancing? Wait a minute. Car? Let me get set. Yeah. My yeah, daughters were hey, really hey, good. My daughters were yeah, really good at that's not what you're the... supposed to do. Right. Yeah, you well, tell my... the guy, that's not, what you, that's not the move you were supposed to do. You can hear, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> Let me get in my position. Daniel's done yeah. with that fucking, when he puts his leg up in the air and he's going to do the, the crane. Ca- I mean, I love that shit, though. I watch that stupid yeah, show. But, but, but and, you don't signal actually, a guy I'm, you're going to crane now. Yeah, now right. let, me, let me get in my stance. Right, and I'm just going to run crane. into it let you kick me in my jaw and knock me unconscious. This shit is so stupid. You know, All Howard, right. and, and, and sometimes, like, in my older age, I, you know, I do feel like I could muster up, like, maybe 10 seconds of energy of a, you know, for, a, for some good fight moves especially against some of these younger millennials who seem very, very soy soft. And, but, but it's like, you know, I, I actually had a guy tell me he was going to beat the shit out of me. And I just looked at him right square in his face, and I asked him, so what do you, what, what do you anticipate I'm going to be doing while all of this ass-kicking is going on? <laughs> and and I, I guess the, and the guy just changed his fucking mind and decided, you know what? Uh, I'm not really not that into great. That. <laughs> Those You see, yeah, if you I had confidence... If I had confidence that I could fight, I would be able to say things like that. <laughs> like, I would be able to say, what do you think I'm going to be doing? There is the greatest movie. I don't know the name of the movie. I see the scene all the time. I've watched it a hundred times. Uh-huh. It's an early Vin Diesel appearance. Now, I don't know what movie Vin Diesel is in in this thing. Maybe someone will identify the movie for me. Okay. But some guys in a bar, there are a bunch of guys in a bar. And there's this kind of like a skinny guy. And he's asking questions about something. He says, I want to find so-and-so. One of you guys, all, all these tough guys are in the bar. One of you guys are going to tell me where this guy is. And they go, who the fuck do you think you are? And they're getting ready to beat the shit out of this guy. He goes, hold on. He sits down and he tells Vin Diesel, Vin Diesel's his guy. Right. Take care of these guys. Vin Diesel walks up to him. And uh, these guys, these guys are tough guys. And Vin Diesel goes, um, 500. The guy goes, what the fuck did you just say? 500. 500, motherfucker. I'm going to kick your ass. He goes, 500 fights is what you need before you legitimately could call yourself a tough guy. (laughs) What? That's the 10,000 hour thing, Howard. That's all. Yeah, 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 yeah. So then Vin Diesel goes, yeah. And Vin Diesel goes, so you think you're a tough guy. I've fought 500 fights, and I've never been knocked out once. At first, you start fighting because, you know, I'm paraphrasing now. He goes, I was going to say, because he's all of a sudden sounding like your dad. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he goes, at first, you start fighting because you want to be a tough guy. After a while, you forgot why you started in the first place. And then before you know it, you are a tough guy. And uh, the guy goes, What guy movie what, was this? Good I don't boy. know, but you got to see this fucking guy. <laughs> and, then he, and, and then he takes off his jacket, you know, he hangs it up to, to begin fighting these yeah, idiots. Yeah, now he's got to, you know, get ready for the fight. 
And then he's got a big Jewish star on his arm to make matters even worse. Now these hillbillies are going to get beaten up by a Jew. That's how tough he is. I can run around with this. (laughs) It's like it takes up his whole arm, a big Jewish star. (laughs) And then, yeah, Jewish guy. And then. uh, Special needs Jewish guy. (laughs) Vin Diesel playing a Jewish guy. But uh, then uh, the guy, then he goes, um, you know what I learned from all of those fights? And the guy goes. What? And Vin Diesel goes this. He takes his head and he headbutts the fucking guy and knocks him right out. <laughs> That's Lights a very, out. Howard, it takes years to develop a good headbutt. It, you right. know, that, that's the whole thing. You, you have to, if you're a legit tough guy, it's you've got to be not afraid to get punched. It doesn't hurt as bad as people right. think. You know, people get all freaked out. And in boxing, the, the, the one thing that they teach you in boxing is you have to stay focused looking at a person. So if you can stay looking at them when they throw a punch, chances are you can you can move out of the way of that punch or you can block that punch or you can, you know, grab their arm or something where you're not going to get hit with the punch. It's when you flinch and turn your head, now you get blasted. Or or they 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 faint the move. But that takes a long practice. Hey Howard, the best the best scene of a guy walking into a bar is your buddy, Steven Seagal. When he walks into the bar and he's screaming, anybody's seen Richie, and all of a sudden yeah. he beats the shit out of the whole bar in New York. That is, that is one of the best. That is one of the best scenes. How about when he takes the pool, the uh, the um, he goes to the pool table and he takes the uh, the ball, the ball, and he wraps it in a napkin and then he beats everyone yeah. up with the ball. <laughs> guns. He's beating the shit out of people with 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 a pool ball. They got knives, guns, pool guns. Uh, and I like when he empties yeah. out his gun and he goes, okay, I don't have my gun anymore. I'm taking my badge off. Come on. Who who wants to fight me? And then he beats, beats the shit out of every tough guy in the bar. It's really good. I love Vin, I love, uh, Vin Diesel doing that shit. I love Steven Seagal. I love it all. But I, I feel... All those stupid fight shows. All right, Jimmy. Thanks, man. Jimmy's all charged up. Yeah. I, um... But I think, like, if I could have learned a few, a few moves, maybe I could have, you know, handled myself a little bit better. And I would have been such a pussy, you know. I, I, mean, I have no idea what that would have, what you would have wound up being had you had that happen. We only know how you turned out from right. what happened to you. We have no idea who you'd be if, you know, you could have been a motorcycle gang guy. You could have been anything. Yeah. Could have been a great motorcyclist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Vin Diesel movie I'm talking about is Knock Around, guys. Knock around. Oh, I never saw that one. 500 go street fights. <laughs> 500 street fights, and you can consider yourself a legitimate tough guy. You need these fights for experience to develop leather skin. So I got started. Like, the guy's giving the guy an education before he beats the fuck out. Right. He's walking around giving a lecture. Of course, along the way, you stop thinking about being tough and all of that. It stops being the point. You get past the silliness of it all. But then, after you realize, that's what you are. And the, and the, and the, and you know what the bully the the bullies in the bar they you know what they say the guy the guy looks at Ben Diesel after that speech and he goes um hey Mister I got no beef with you 
you know, he, he wanted to get out of the fight. Right. He wants the little guy again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After, after he heard that speech, he was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> this guy's insane. And then he headbutts him and knocks him out. That's funny. So great. Anyway, that's that. Well, that's why I'm having uh, Bob Odenkirk on today. Bob Odenkirk from Better Call Saul, Breaking Bad, all that stuff. But he put out this movie, Nobody. And like he's just like, you know, like this douchebag. This his family. There's a home invasion. And, you know, and it's like, oh, shit. You know, he's, you know, everyone's bossing him around. His kids have no respect for him. But it turns out he's laying low because he's really a, a master assassin. He can kill anybody rapidly. But he has to play the pussy so he doesn't get discovered. He's trying to live a low-key life. Well, he's trying to keep his home life stable yeah. and sane. Yeah, he and got out of the. But he got out of the business into like yeah. a guy who acts like he can't fight. Right. But finally, I think he's felt bad for himself, and he he's like, you know what? I don't want to look like a pussy in front of my son. Well, his daughter asked, was crying for something. Yeah, and he realized, uh oh. That was the trigger. It was like, I can't have my daughter crying because I couldn't deliver. Yeah. The kids did. So he says, fuck everything. Fuck our quiet little life. I'm going to, I want to beat the shit out of these assholes. And then he beats the shit out of everyone. Well, there's that one scene in the, in the bus where, you know, he just wants to beat something. And then these guys get on the bus and he's like, thank God they showed up. Yeah. They take his daughter's like kitten bracelet. It's like a little bracelet that she had, and that sets him yeah. off. But you know, I love that shit. You know, I would love to be able to do that. Just beat but the you shit know what? He's what you know. The other guys never show any signs that they were in a fight. You know, like Vin Diesel and all these guys. When the fight is over, they don't have a mark on them. Right. No matter what. I mean, they could have even been shot. A day later, they weren't shot. <laughs> right. They pull the bullet out by their fingers, and then they're fine. <laughs> but, all right, anyway. But Odenkirk, he, he shows his uh, damage. Yeah, he doesn't exactly win every fight completely. <laughs> it's good stuff. I want to mention that uh, G. Gordon Liddy died. You remember G. Gordon Liddy? Of course I do. We had him on many times. Yeah. We had him on a lot of times. We enjoyed having him on, but it's not exactly like the guy was a hero. You know, he, he had a weird thing going on. You know, he yeah, he well, would he would have fit right into today. Yeah, he would do anything for uh, Nixon. So he even broke into the Watergate. You know, he had this warped view of loyalty where he'd even break the law for Nixon, and I'm like, you know. G. Gordon was really good on our show, and it was entertaining and everything, but at the same point, it was uh, weird because, you know, the guy was doing fucked up shit. This is America. You're trying to have a legitimate election. Well, you know, there's one thing about all the reporting that really bothers me. They keep calling him the Watergate mastermind. And Watergate fucked everybody in that administration. He wasn't masterful at it. No, he was really, you're absolutely right. He was really bad at it. In fact, um, I'll, I'll give you some background on him. Pre-Watergate, he started out as an FBI field agent. So, you know, he had some skills. You know, 1957, sure. he started out as an FBI guy. 
he was there till about 1962, and then he worked as a patent lawyer. He was a lawyer, and um, he became an assistant prosecutor. You know, he, the, the guy's a bright guy. And, yeah, he went um, to law school. He was amazing, yeah. Yeah, he joined the Nixon campaign. And so he became eventually one of the leaders of Nixon's plumbers unit. And by plumbers, plumbers was a group that ran operations for Nixon against Nixon and his enemies. And Nixon had a whole bunch of enemies because Nixon was a paranoid fuck. <laughs> so at his time with Nixon, he hatched a whole bunch of crazy ideas, G. Gordon Liddy. Oh, he, my he, God. Uh, he had an idea to sabotage the air conditioning at the Democratic Convention. He wanted to do that. He wanted to hire prostitutes to entrap Democrats. They even had a, a plot to kill a, 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 a columnist. Yeah. Uh, none of the plans. Jack none Anderson of the. Yeah. None of the plans were actually carried out. I don't no, know. If it was most Jack of the Anderson. time they ignored what he was saying because it was so off the wall. Yeah. So when you call him a mastermind, he was a guy that like they had to like rein in. You know what I mean? Because it, 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 everything else would have ended up like being a complete disaster. So they'd be like, right. no, no, no. I, I don't think we should kill a, a, a columnist. I don't think that's a good idea. And We're not going to assassinate our political enemies. Yeah. So finally, he got to do something. G. Gordon and uh, E. Howard Hunt, they had a plan to go break into the Democratic National Convention. Into the, you know, into the offices of the Democratic National Convention at the Watergate complex. This was like 1972. Find out what we don't know. <laughs> yeah, there, there was nothing to find out. Nixon was going to win in a landslide. They were just paranoid. Anyway, they fucked the whole thing up. They planted some uh, bugs and they photographed some documents. But they got caught. You know. Because they returned. They had planted some stuff at the water, you know, in the Watergate, and then they said, "Hey, let's go back and do some more," <laughs> because they were so happy that they got in there. Right? They got a. They had one successful mission. Yeah, and then they got caught. So, you're absolutely right to say that he was a mastermind. This was a dumb little operation. You don't want to be the mastermind of this fucking operation. This is like the gang that couldn't shoot straight. So, when it bothers me when people. Miss that note. You know, they're writing these articles, mastermind, mastermind, mastermind. You see it everywhere. It's like, where was he masterful? He got caught. So they investigated that he eventually got indicted. 